Welcome to the Customer Connection Podcast, where we look at leading practices, lessons learned, tools, techniques, and procedures designed to guide and help you with the implementation and adoption of the ServiceNow platform. Led by customer experience expert and director of customer workflows, Jerry Campbell. Co-hosted by portfolio managers, Gareth Millwood and Nick DeBaca. We're building customer connections. Good morning, good afternoon, good day. Wherever you are in the world, thanks for listening to the Customer Connections, where we help you get your ServiceNow projects going in the right direction fast. I am Jerry Campbell, Director of Customer and Industry Workflows Leading Practices. And I am Ross Parpia, Portfolio Manager, Leading Practices, Customer Service Management. Yes, awesome. And Roz is joining us for the first time. She's my new co-host on here. Uh, she's just joined the team. And we also will be having Hannah Stoddard on the show later on to uh, go over our jargon jar stuff. But today, we have some special guests from Evora IT. Uh, first, we have the CEO. Christian Bartles, uh, and we'll have the Executive Vice President of ServiceNow Solutions, Bo Gibbs, and ServiceNow Practice Lead, Joey Pinot. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jerry. Like I said, before we start the show off, there's a couple of rules of engagement. All right, guys. So here on the Customer Connections, we like to speak in plain terminology. So if you, like I said, Hannah will be on monitoring any industry jargon you use or acronyms. And so at the end of the podcast, we'll count those up. Maybe we might even find you a little bit. And we'll also ask you to explain what that means in the jargon. Are you guys good with that? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Awesome. Let's start this thing off by uh, some icebreaker questions. And so the first icebreaker question, I'm going to pass this off to Christian. And I'm going to say, what is your favorite pastime and why? My favorite pastime is to go skiing because I love the mountains. I prefer to freeze over sweating. Winter is my time. Yeah, I try to get like around 30 to 40 ski days in per season. So that's my most favorite activity. Oh my gosh. Christian, where are you at? Where are you located, sir? Uh, well, I, I sound like I'm not in the U.S., but I'm based out of Boulder in Colorado. Major reason to live here was my addiction to skiing. And I just started mountain biking, so I have something to do in the summer, too. But I'm originally from Germany. Uh, that's where my accent is from. Oh, that's awesome. Perfect place to live in the U.S. is Colorado if you love skiing, so that's awesome. Let's go to Bo. And... Bo, if you were to describe yourself as an animal, what animal would you be and why? Um, well, growing up, I was uh, always described as a deer. I ran track in high school, and everybody said that when I ran the 400-meter hurdles, I looked like a deer jumping over fences. So I guess uh, I have the speed and uh, vertical ability. So I guess we'll go with a deer. I hope you're not shedding like a deer in the wintertime, right? You're, you're running against the trees shedding. <laughs> but awesome. All right, Joy, let's go over to you. What's something surprising you've learned about yourself in the past two years? You know what? I, I would say that it how to be a father. <laughs> I just had a two-year-old. So, you know, like learning what to do, the roles, there's no handbook for it. So 
you know, it's easy to say, oh, I can handle kids. But once you actually have one that's that, you know, you're dealing with them on a day to day basis, there's so many different things that you have to learn, not only about yourself and patients, but also about how to raise a child, too. I have a 14 year old and it's a new experience every day. Trust me. So you get used to that. And all right, this is for all three of you. We'll throw this out to you and you guys can answer up in any order you'd like. But when you were kids, what did you want to be when you grew up? I don't even remember for myself. I mean, well, the only thing, well, the first thing I remember is I wanted to be a software developer, which I originally then also became. So it's rather boring, but no, no police or fireman in me, I guess. Awesome. Bo, what about you? Yeah, I think it always changed over the years. You know, you start off like police, firefighter, and then, you know, attorneys start looking at the high paying jobs, doctors. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, as I got further and further into sports, wanted to play professional football and, um, you know, ultimately achieve that goal. But, you know, it's always a, a short lived career. Enjoy. And me, I, I just wanted to be in the technology field. No real title or job or anything like that. Just wanted to kind of work with something, build stuff out, make solutions for people to make things better. And it's kind of what I'm doing now. Kind of worked out. That's awesome. You guys got to live your dreams for the most part, right? So we're going to jump into this really good questioning and interview now. This first one, I'm just going to really lean in towards Christian on this one. And tell us about Evora. And how long have they been a ServiceNow partner? Yeah, Evora IT Solutions, um, we founded the company in 2011. Uh, and today we have uh, colleagues all around the world. Uh, we have a large team in India, uh, which is really uh, the backbone of our company and the colleagues we really depend on to deliver high quality projects. Uh, but then we have also a bunch of colleagues in Europe, uh, mainly in Germany and Austria. And then Asia and North America, uh, which is Canada and the US. Uh, and we also are starting to have a team in Brazil. I've hired a few colleagues a few years ago and uh, still looking to expand further there. We originally started out in the SAP space. Uh, so we were an SAP partner for many years. And then a, a few years ago, one of our largest SAP customers is also running ServiceNow. And they needed uh, someone to support them. So they actually reached out to us and asked, hey, can you build up the ServiceNow practice? And we, are, we were already thinking about that at that time, just because a lot of uh, companies run SAP in the back end for like accounting and other processes. And then ServiceNow is like the workflow engine and uh, like the nice user interface. Uh, for the company. So it made sense. We uh, started hiring, uh, were able to win uh, Vijay, who are our lead in India, and a bunch of colleagues there. And then ultimately, Bo and Joey joined us as well. Uh, so we have been around a, a ServiceNow partner around two years now, and uh, currently focusing on becoming an elite partner, and then really building out the practice as like a second pillar to SAP. Again, uh, we see really our experience on the field service management and customer service management side, because that's what we have also been doing in the SAP space and now replicating that in ServiceNow and especially helping companies who actually run both enterprise platforms because of our like deep knowledge on both sides, um, really being able to deliver this out of one hand and help our customers there. So this would be up for any of you guys to answer. So just step in and feel free. But what are the service offers that Evora offer to do they specialize? You know, do you specialize in the technology portal or customer workflows? What is the service offerings that you guys specialize in? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Christian touched base on it a little bit, uh, just bringing the, the SAP expertise and ServiceNow expertise that we've had over the years. Our practice is very much focused on customer workflows. That's customer service management, field service management, but a lot of custom apps around the two capabilities on the platform. And that's where we tend to swim within the partner ecosystem. And that's what we're really good at. And this is probably more in Joey's lane. I'm going to stick it to the guy who's got the technical feet on the ground. Uh, what challenges are our customers facing today and what are they talking about to you? From a customer workflow standpoint, I think a lot of the challenges that they face are more along the lines of, of internal processes and getting them to fit and work in a platform that makes things more efficient for everyone as a whole. We've worked with some customers who you know, wanted to implement things, but had no standardization, no governance, no processes that really were in place to help drive the solution that they were looking for. So through process optimization and you know, being able to show them the capabilities of the platform and how we can get them where they wanted to be, it really allowed us to kind of build out those solutions for them, also get governance in place and deliver a solid quality product that's easy for the users to use. It just sounds like Mora is bringing a lot to the table to solve those challenges. Is there anything special you guys are bringing to the table um, to solve those customer challenges? I think from you know our standpoint, you know we bring years of experience. We bring different customers that have done different things. And I think with ServiceNow as a platform itself, that's the fun part of utilizing it is the fact that every customer is different. Everything changes. So you really have to be able to adapt and make your solutioning or your offerings work with those customers. We have experience. We have people who have worked with other companies prior who have done a lot of different projects. So you kind of see you know, what worked, what didn't work. And we can kind of put all that together to help, you know, drive what we're looking for. That's the ultimate end goal, being like one of the top um, within the customer workspace module. And I would also add that we have quite a bit of industry experience in that both CSM and FSM areas. Like we have done a lot of projects in like uh, life sciences and pharmacy side of things. Uh, we have done a lot of projects for utilities. We work with quite a few higher education institutions and, and for like many years, even good chunk of like manufacturing uh, business uh, where like it's more about in-house um, feed service management and maintenance. Uh, so I think there's a lot of breath in like the experience across industries and also like seeing what are the common denominators to like have best practices being reused on in, in, the, in those different areas, but then tailor them to what are the specific needs of one industry? I think I have a couple of questions. So, you know, when I was a process consultant, um, I was in workshops with various uh, partners and the partner ecosystem is huge for ServiceNow. So my question is, uh, what are the differentiators that Evora IT would bring to the table to help the customers uh, speed to market? So just wanted to know your thoughts. Uh, one of the things that, you know, as a differentiator for a partner, Christian, you can piggyback on this as well. We are coming to market with a go-to-market offering, right? Um, we're taking our over 800 projects that we've completed as an organization over the years, using those uh, best practices and processes. Um, this go-to-market offering is really t a tailored solution for each customer designed on ServiceNow's best practices with a crawl, walk, run where we have you know, kind of accelerated and brought more efficiency and uh, value to our customers is through this offering because we can decrease implementation by time by up to 35% with uh, some pre-built uh, configurations. 
And then, you know, we really focus on the businesses KPIs through that crawl, walk, run deployments and to help them realize 20% or better ROI faster than, you know, your traditional implementations. Right. So on that subject, you know, I was going to ask you in any case to elaborate the uh, FSM uh, transformation offering. So the jargon police, FSM stands for field service management. It's one of the product uh, of service now. And my question is that for FSM transformation offering specifically, uh, can you explain a bit more in detail what you offer? Great question. So Avora's field service management transformation, just high level. Um, is offering for ServiceNow. It's you know really designed to help customers through their um, digital field service transformation. Um, like I had mentioned, methodology that we use is that crawl, walk, run with the deployments. You know through our pre-built configurations, uh, we help uh, decrease that implementation time by thirty-five percent. Get customers up and running. What do they care about most? And getting that into the MVP phase one, you know through that pre-configured uh, implementation, and then we look at you know expanding and adding in more features and functionality. Really where we see a lot of challenges within organizations, Joey touched on it, you know, the lack of efficiency, um, the CSAT scores declining, inability to hold vendors and external third parties accountable to their SLAs. Um, there's a high technician turnover we're experiencing in the field. A lot of tribal knowledge is actually leaving these organizations. Um, one thing that you know, Avor also has an expertise in to help with some of that technician turnover and that tribal knowledge leaving is the use of augmented reality. Uh, we're partnered with uh, a company called Carrier. It's owned by Xerox. Um, and we leverage uh, their augmented reality capabilities to help technicians out in the field. Might not have a senior tech or somebody's on site might not know exactly the, the proper steps to take trying to help uh, service a customer. Um, you can get, uh, you know, open up a live feed and do annotations directly on the screen to help that technician improve first-time fix rates. So uh, we run into several of these different challenges and our offering is really designed to overcome those out, those challenges, bring them into the ServiceNow platform, support through automation and really streamline and support, you know, those processes to deliver a better customer and employee experience. Yeah, that's amazing to hear the next gen sort of automation capabilities that you guys are using. So uh, that's probably your niche in FSM uh, domain. Um, and I'd like to drill a bit deeper to know that typically when we do our sales pitch with the customers and you guys have worked with large customers like Toshiba and uh, when you demo the product to the customers, they like everything and they're like, okay, I want this and I want that. And they're all enthused about it. So how do you then handhold the customer to prioritize their adoption journey on um, ServiceNow Roadmap just so they get maximum value out of it? So what would be your strategies to um, assist them with it? So typically when we go to a customer and we're kind of, you know, understanding their needs, things like that, we typically will show them a demo of what's there, what we can do to, you know, meet what they're looking for out of the box. Obviously, you know, most customers have their own processes, they have their own architectural designs. And once we get an understanding of the flows and how those are built out and how those are needing to be used, we really just go into full architect mode and say, okay, this is what you have. Let us show you how we can give you this or this. And automation is a huge thing. People always have manual processes. They have Things within their organization that could be more efficient, like Bo said, you know, by pushing the automation, utilizing self-service features, and also, you know, building out optimized processes and dynamic workflows, 
definitely makes things kind of pop, I guess you could say, to the customer and draws them into the platform, makes them understand, wow, this could really work for us. And this is going to cause, you know, like a 30% cost decrease. We're able to move from these legacy systems to a single source of truth and cut down licensing costs. So we really try to focus on the ROI of the platform and how they're going to get something of value and not just another platform that they're going to drop their process in and be in the same position they were previously. Well, we see customers wanting everything, right? When those typically the demos are conducted, you know, they they want to see everything. What can the platform do, right? And and then they they think big picture and they want it all day one. And if you take it all in on day one, it's just going to lead to a poor experience. It's going to be too much uh, information to take in, too much new change. And then uh, what tends to happen, and we've seen with other customers where we've stepped in to help them from an implementation. Uh, that they had done previously is they had everything turned on and it just became very messy, made it harder for the the users to use the platform. So that's where we take that crawl, walk, run approach, give them that MVP. Let's get you comfortable in using the platform, you know, meeting your your day-to-day expectations. And then we can add in new features and functionality. And then that's a win for everybody. Um, they're much more comp- confident and comfortable using the platform versus using something that, you know, there's just, it's just too much. And, the, and then they hate it and start creating bad processes. Absolutely. So one quick follow on on that one is, you know, most of the times customers are wanting to lift and shift their existing processes and they just want to use a new tool, but with their existing processes. So how do you veer them away from that lift and shift mentality and bring them to new and process optimized state? From my standpoint, when we go into a customer site, that's the first thing that I tell them is that the process is what matters most. You can put any process into any platform, you're going to get the same result. So what we try to do is understand their processes and where they're at, but what their hurt and pain points are, and how we can kind of work through those to give them a solution that's going to be, you know, viable for the organization, alleviate some of those items and be more of a standardized process moving forward. Because what you'll see is in some organizations, you have siloed processes being used across many different business units. And when that arises, typically what we need to do is we need to have some governance, some standardization, get that in place. And then once you do that, then you can take that new existing process, put it into a platform like ServiceNow, and that's when the magic happens. Yeah, that's some awesome stuff right there, Joey, because... I know from my personal experience as a ServiceNow customer, me and my team, we always said, you know, technology without process is an automated mess. We're going to make sure we get all those processes together because, like you said, and you can throw any kind of technology at a solution. It's not going to solve it if your processes aren't getting straight. One question before we close out here is, uh, you know, when it comes to field service management, we often think, and, and Bo, you kind of alluded to this earlier about that technician going out and servicing and fixing equipment. But there's other factors that make up field service management. So could you provide some examples that really encapsulate the whole field service management structure? Yeah, I think uh, there's always that misconception when somebody hears field service management, they automatically think about the technician showing up your door, like, from Comcast or one of the big telcos to fix your router or do an install, something along those lines. Well, it goes much further than that. Really, we, how we define field service, you look at, you know, you have your external customers and you have your internal customers. If it's an internal customer, think maybe a bank who has multiple locations. Well, how do they service each of those locations? Keep the AC running, 
you know, the lights, the cleanings, you know, there's different contractors that they typically contract out through. So third party contractors to provide those services. So servicing your own internal customers is one thing that we look at. And then also your external customers. So that's going to be, you know, your typical, you know, your telcos or utility companies going out to a customer's home to, you know, provide a service. So I'm just drilling down a little bit further um, when we're looking at more internal customers. You know, we could look at, let's take the universities, for example. So um, one use case that we ran into and did a, a transformation project for was a major university here in the U.S. Um, for their audiovisual group. So if you think about a campus, there's a lot of activities that happen. You know, you might have commencement or concerts or even just, uh, you know, classrooms getting moved. Well, anytime that happens, you know, you'll need projectors and speakers and stages and all this equipment set up. Um, and a lot, you know, think about, uh, you know, a concert. It's not just, you know, go, you go in and you do a one day set up a stage and all the lighting and everything, you know, this is a probably a week project, you know, so the use case there is they had just challenges going back and forth through email, gathering the requirements for uh, the request. Um, and then, you know, scheduling and dispatching the technicians, you know, then the technicians like, well, if uh, we're setting up this for this concert, you know, what equipment's already at the location? Do we have an inventory of that look of, of those uh, devices there? Do we need additional cords, additional lighting? How can we be prepared so when we get on site, we can be as efficient as possible in setting this thing up? That's just one use case. Another one for, you know, that we see a lot in is kind of that, that banking situation or could be grocery stores, gas stations with multiple locations. Typically, they, they request or submit requests to third-party contractors. But, you know, how do you hold those contractors accountable? Are they actually completing the work? You know, why did it take them four hours to change a light bulb, right? And, you know, we're getting charged for this. So, you know, you can really begin to to manage your costs, you know, not only for, you know, the third-party contractors and holding them accountable, but also the assets. So if you have, uh, you know, large expensive assets at a specific location, you can manage the depreciation costs, you know, start to do, you know, your planned and routine maintenance more effectively and, uh, you know, provide an overall better customer and employee satisfaction. You know, it's also one of those things where you have to focus on everyone who's a part of that workflow, whether it be your qualifier, your dispatcher, your technician doing the job, and even the customer experience so that they're getting surveys, updates, all that in real time. That definitely makes it a full-fledged, you know, FSM experience, no matter what environment you're in. And we want to make sure that everyone who's a part of that workflow has the best experience possible. No doubt. We want to always keep that the customer front and center of all our activities, right, Joey? That's great. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. But as I promised at the top of the uh, broadcast, we were going to bring Hannah in. She was going to monitor and break some jargon down for you. So, Hannah, you're welcome to the show. And tell us what you got for us today. Hi, everyone. So, Christian, I caught SAP with you first. I was wondering if you could define that. Sure. SAP is uh, a large enterprise software company like uh, ServiceNow or Oracle. It used to stand for uh, software applications and products like 40, 50 years ago when they were founded. Uh, these days, it just it's just SAP. It's just a name uh, like ServiceNow. Got it. Thank you. And then, Bo, you said CSAT. And then can you define that for us? Yeah, so CSAT refers to customer satisfaction scores. Typically, uh, you know, customer service departments, field service departments typically will submit surveys to their customers. How did we do? Give us the feedback. How can we improve ourselves? Um, so that's where uh, the CSAT terminology comes in. Got it. And Joey? 
I didn't catch anything for you. That's so awesome. Thank you, Hannah, so much. And uh, guys, before we get out of here, there's a couple last questions I have for you, okay? And any one or all of you can answer this, but what's the single most or group of things that are important for our listeners to understand how to get the best results for their ServiceNow experience? It's all about people, process, and technology. So, you know, and, and you want to put them in that order. You want to understand that your people's within your organizations, you know, hurt points are what they like, what they don't like. You want to make sure you have those standardized technologies or, or processes in place so that you can drive your technology to be what it needs to be at the end of the day. I would, I fully agree that was, would have been also my first point. Uh, I would add what Bo brought up earlier, which is that crawl, walk, run approach, because I've seen too many organizations in the past 20 years who just wanted to do it all at all at once and it can work but it costs you a lot more money and effort and gray hair to to do everything at once so typically you're better off like starting small learning from it and exploring from there definitely the agile kind of methodology right find fix break and, and move on right so that's awesome thank you guys so much again the last thing how can you know people reach out to you or your team at Evora IT? Do you want to give them a point of contact or a method of reaching out and, and getting connected with Evora? So they can reach out to any one of us directly. Um, I guess there's multiple channels, right? Everybody has kind of their preferred method of, of communication. So we're all on LinkedIn. Invite anyone to connect with us, follow us on LinkedIn, either through uh, the Avora LinkedIn page or any of us individually. Um, there's also um, contact information on our website. In addition, um, I'm located here in the U.S. Uh, if anybody wants to connect via LinkedIn or you know through email, I'm not sure how we can get that out to the listeners or included maybe in the description of the podcast. But um, you know, we'd be happy to provide that information. Well, awesome. Hey, guys, again, thank you so much for Yabora and all the things you're doing as a ServiceNow partner. And so for our, our listeners out there, if you have any comments or questions for us or our guests, you can always reach out and send us an email at customerconnection at servicenow.com. Thank you and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining the Customer Connection podcast, where we share insights from the biggest ServiceNow influencers. Please join us for our next episode when we will build more customer connections.